Chapter 2 Starting a Bucket List While parked on the silent sidewalk in front of Manon's house, Sebastian visually scrutinized her neighborhood before taking a deep breath, decamping, and espying her yard as he crept towards her door. He cautiously knocked on her front door instead of her garage door side entrance like he used to do. Their current relationship was unknown, therefore more formal. He didn't discover anything unusual or worrisome in the yard. Green grass, nothing overgrown, nothing obviously missing, a tabby cat. The healthy cat strode towards him. Talk about a surprise, come on in, Manning greeted him at the door. Sure, cool, um, we can talk out here if you need to, Sebastian offered neutral ground. No, no, quite all right, Manon said. You know, Waylon came by the other day. I was wondering what had happened to you. Did he say anything was wrong with me? No, it's just that you weren't with him. He came by himself, Manon said. That made me think you could be sick. No one would tell me if you were, so I didn't bother to ask. So you know he's doing fine, then? Yeah, yeah, he said they were all doing fine. Everything's all right. Not losing money on the tour, then, Sebastian chuckled. Not that I know of. I think they're fine. If they're not, he didn't mention it. The press gave them good reviews, Manon said. Good, good news then, Sebastian said. After Sebastian came in, they settled around Manon's kitchen table. Manon reflexively furnished Sebastian a diet soda, for which he had equally reflexively thanked her. Sebastian did a double tank upon noticing the fast food sandwiches when her refrigerator door opened. He puzzled over how often she ventured outside. For a year or two after the incident, she didn't go anywhere. Maybe Waylon brought the sandwiches over? What's wrong with me? Of course you would think that we wouldn't come by unless there was a problem. Sebastian smiled at her broadly. Well, that is the first thing I think of, truthfully, Menon said. Sebastian scrutinized her situation. Do you have a car? He wondered how much she drove it. Yes. She didn't know why he cared. You're not going to believe this. Not in any way. What is it? Manon twisted a lock of her hair. Out of habit, she took a sip of her diet soda, using the food as distraction gambit when she didn't want to talk. I want you to go to my diet class with me. You? She paused to sip her diet soda. Want me to go to a diet class with you? Just to look around. I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, Sebastian said. Faustine had been home maybe half an hour when Sebastian pulled up. She inhaled sharply when she saw his car and went out on the front porch to meet him. No way did she want him walking up to her door. Why are you here? she said. She watched the sunset instead of turning towards him. Sebastian focused on her. He was not looking at the sunset, no matter how often she glanced over at it behind him. I came to find out what happened to you. You went missing. Where have you been? I lost track of time. I've been running errands and taking time to enjoy several sunsets. I went over to the bridge one evening and watched the birds flying over the river for a few hours. She avoided eye contact with him. Do you want to talk out here? Sebastian's voice implied she should invite him inside her house. He glanced at the door. Sure. She didn't want to talk to him at all, much less invite him in. She glanced past him, then started striding towards his car. You know, she rested her knuckles on his car hood before turning her gaze back to his eyes. I realized that I was using a half a cup of dry rice when the standard serving size is a quarter cup. Then she pushed her fist hard enough into the hood to turn her knuckles white. You think you're good with half as much rice now? He followed her. Since I'm rarely hungry, I'd say so. 
Her t-shirt and shorts combo was decorated with friendly, glitter-outlined pastel flowers, which was too frivolous for her to pull off being haughty. There was a natural lull in their argument. I need you to come to the next meeting anyway, Sebastian said. I didn't say I wasn't coming to the meetings anymore. Anyway, be sure not to miss the next one. He sounded pointlessly urgent. Out of nowhere, the niceties of life had new meaning to him. Avoiding the rest of this fight had value. Why, what's going to happen at the meeting? I'm bringing a friend that I want you to meet. Faustine paused. Who? Someone I don't want you to know, but I'm doing something stupid and introducing you anyway. Sebastian started to get back into his car. Who? Faustine lifted her knuckles from his hood. Sebastian hesitated a moment before closing the car door behind him. Show up and see. Sebastian picked Manon up and drove her to the next diet class. Sebastian wasn't sure if Faustine planned to return. He hoped she would be a little late since he needed to acclimate Manon to the building. He wasn't sure how Manon would cope with being in a novel location. He didn't know how much she went outside anymore. They arrived early, before the diet coordinator did so they could watch the dieters walk from their cars into the red brick building. Not only did Sebastian think it would help Manon's feelings to know who she was sharing the building with, Sebastian also wanted to know who might manage to show up uninvited just because Manon was there. He yearned to capture her stalker red-handed. Nevertheless, Manon's heart raced as Sebastian pulled up to the vacant building in an empty parking lot. She half expected him to turn to her and say something trite about her never having suspected him before attacking her with a knife or blunt object, then finishing her off. Manon had been nervous about the outing. She never knew if she could trust Sebastian or what he wanted. He was part of the band and therefore part of the problem. Logically, she told herself, not all of them could be out to get her. If Sebastian had wanted to kill her, he would have already taken advantage of the opportunity. Sebastian lived the perfect distance away from her if he wanted to do her in, across a moderately sized town. He could always drive by, and he could always have an alibi. The things that crossed Manon's mind were nerve-wracking, and they never went away, not even after all these years. You're beautiful, Sebastian said. Manon took a deep breath. Thanks. Sebastian didn't know if she was having issues with how she looked or not, so it was better to play it safe. After all, she could probably take being invited to a diet class the wrong way. They sat in the car while Sebastian talked about them being early enough to see everyone enter the building, so that way they would know who the other dieters were. He even made a joke about being able to tell if the other dieters were, quote, packing heat, unquote, or not. Apparently, he didn't notice how she worriedly searched his back seat after he parked the car. If he had, he might have pulled out the CD of Love and All Its Glory out of his glove compartment. We have to go get in line now that everyone's here, Sebastian said. The class would be starting in about five minutes. He still hadn't seen Faustine. He began to wonder if he had willed her away. The woman I want you to meet, I had a fight with her. I thought she'd be at this meeting, though, Sebastian said. Interestingly enough, Manon didn't seem to care. She beamed and strode beside Sebastian into the building like she knew what to expect. A bit of confidence born from childhood acting experience. This time it was Sebastian's turn to explain about the multiple lines. Okay, you go over there to weigh. That's where I'll be. I'll go sit down after I get weighed, Sebastian explained. You need to talk to the people at the side booth about your medical history and why you want to lose weight, that sort of thing. I don't want to lose weight. I'm here with you, Manon said. Well, tell them you want to be healthy then, or make something up. You can just sit in on the first day before they start getting bossy, Sebastian said. After the meeting, Sebastian kept pacing and saying that the woman he wanted to introduce her to wasn't there that afternoon. 
He didn't know why. Sebastian dropped Manon off at her house and then went to find Faustine. The problem was that after the attack, Manon suspected everyone all at once for the longest time. At home, Manon played piano trying to make sense out of what had happened between her and Sebastian, letting her thoughts race smoothly through her mind and out her fingers to exercise the negativity. An improvised motif to take her mind off the past. Manon arrived at the next diet class five minutes before it was supposed to start. She guessed that was reasonable, not knowing how the diet classes typically ran. She searched the parking lot for Sebastian's flaming red sports car before deciding to enter the classroom without him. If he was late, she could catch him afterwards. Manon wondered if Sebastian's friend would be there this time. She didn't know what the woman looked like, so she wouldn't be able to introduce herself. Sebastian had left her in line at the last meeting, wondering why she was there. This time, she was wondering why she was there in the parking lot before she walked in the door. If she started wondering why she was coming at home, she wouldn't show up. She sat down and waited in the back of the room near the door so she could see Sebastian when he entered. It made her nervous, though, especially since this wasn't her idea. The meeting barely adjourned when the door slung open and Sebastian marched in. Manon waved him over. He hovered near her. The class just ended, Manon said. I know, I'm late. Sorry, Sebastian said. It's okay. How are you doing? The dieter sorted through their pamphlets and weight charts. Scanning the room, Sebastian didn't find Faustine. He wondered why, as he absentmindedly meandered towards the front of the room. He needed to talk to the instructor, privately, without explanation. What was her name? Manon called after him. She wondered why she came. Again. This was her second chance to meet someone who, apparently, didn't go to the meetings. Sebastian hesitated for a minute before remembering that it was okay to tell Manon Faustine's name, even if it wasn't okay to tell Faustine Manon's name. He said, Faustine. Well, if I hear anyone say her name, I'll let you know, Manon said. She stood by the side of the open doorway. You don't have to wait, Sebastian said. I might as well. I came to see you, Manon said. She smiled and shrugged her arms broadly. You're not on a diet, Sebastian said. No, Manon said, and I weighed, too. She could hear that he wanted more of an explanation. I don't think I could deal with it emotionally right now, anyway. Sebastian crossed the large meeting room to catch the diet class coordinator. Why did my blood pressure go up once I lost 15 pounds? The instructor looked at him, blinked, and said, Have you been watching your salt intake? Not yet. I have no idea where to start. A blonde woman in her late 30s made an entrance by blocking the doorway while scanning the room. She wore a loud print dress with high heels that clacked on the tile. Manon noticed her canary yellow pumps first, since she had been looking down, then smelled her designer perfume. The woman saw Sebastian and stopped. Sebastian nodded towards Manon. Manon wasn't entirely certain she was the right person. Faustine turned around and stared at Manon. Unlike the others in the room, Manon was already thin. Faustine made an educated guess. Are you with him? The woman pointed towards the front. Sebastian? Yes, I'm here with Sebastian, Manon said. Faustine's mouth hung open a bit. Manon yelled across the room, waving and pointing at Faustine. Sebastian looked over and nodded again at Manon. Faustine looked over at Sebastian, then back at Manon. You're the songwriter, then. Yes, Sebastian mentioned me? Manon figured that Sebastian wouldn't have mentioned her at all before she had met his friend. 
Hadn't he signed a confidentiality agreement? No, he didn't say anything. What he said was confusing. I don't even remember what he said your name was. I think he called you something else, Faustine said. Manon smiled and held out her hand to shake. I'm Manon. Faustine's shock was palpable. Sebastian had given her the songwriter's correct name. I can't even trust him when he's making something up! Sebastian hurried back across the room as he heard Faustine screaming unintelligible phrases. Manon fled the room. Sebastian couldn't cuss at Faustine in front of the diet class coordinator. Sebastian couldn't cuss at Faustine in front of the diet class coordinator, but he was livid that Faustine had scared Manon off. Talking to Faustine didn't calm her down either. Why are you yelling, he said. To get your attention, you just ignored us, Faustine said. The diet class coordinator told them to go outside, made a comment to Sebastian about his blood pressure, and left. Apparently, no one wanted to be the person who had to call the cops on them, but now if they stayed, they would be trespassing. Let's go outside. Maybe we can talk about it out there. Sebastian opened the door for Faustine to get her to follow him. It was late enough in the day to be chilly. The colder wind calmed them down a bit. No, it doesn't go on like this, Sebastian said. What? Faustine said. What doesn't go on like this? You having a fit every time we talk, Sebastian said. I am not talking to you anymore. You have been horrible to me ever since we started trying to do this. I don't think we can be friends without Elodie. I think we should just let it go, Faustine said. I don't think we should, but I don't know how to get around this either, Sebastian said. Faustine was relieved she had a minute to talk to Sebastian alone. She decided, there in the parking lot, with the wind blowing her hair backwards into her face, that she was through trying to be on a diet. Sebastian had already lost more weight than she ever would. Once Sebastian stopped going to the meetings, she would too. I hate the idea of never seeing you again. That's like losing two friends at once, she said. There's a lot of things I still plan for us to do together. Like what? We've never eaten at Foothills Foodie. We never went to the haunted Halloween house downtown. Friendships don't have bucket lists, he said. There's not anything else you want to do together? Sure, we can try one more time, he said. But it should be sometime next month. I honestly think you heard me the first time I tried to get your attention and are passing it off like you didn't, Faustine said. Second week next month? See you then, Faustine said. They tramped to their respective cars. Manon had the good sense to leave the premises once she ran from the room. One thing that years of working with the band had taught her was what a fight looked like. This was not going to be a constructive dialogue that just happened to be at 95 decibels. Since she didn't know the woman, and she didn't know the man all that well anymore, she figured someone else could call the cops on him. Manon didn't know how it started, but they were suddenly at each other's throats. Best she could tell, Faustine had said, I measured how far I'd been walking. It was four-tenths of a mile when I thought it was one-half. Then Sebastian nodded distractedly. After that, Manning couldn't quite make out what Faustine had screeched. Manning had smiled at Sebastian, waved, and said goodbye all at once. He probably didn't see her leave, and she didn't care. She heard the first part of their argument as she left. They didn't make any sense to her, and she didn't want to know. The one thing about keeping to yourself, you miss a lot of fights. Plus, you get to choose your battles. She was lucky to have her own car to escape in, and even luckier to be driving it herself alone. Faustine was right about that, although it was rude of him to quiz her for details. She breathed deeply, shut her eyes, and took a minute before she put her seatbelt on. It took at least 15 seconds for her to shut out the argument in her mind. Then she backed out and pulled away. Mercifully enough, she could watch the sunset as she drove home. Manon didn't enjoy being used as a ploy to help Sebastian break up with a girl. 
But that's what men do, don't they? Sebastian went grocery shopping after the diet class, while he was still inspired to eat correctly. He wandered up and down the aisles aimlessly. He knew he was supposed to get as much fat-free stuff as possible, especially the cheese. But the store management had started rearranging the items so that the vegetarian food was all in one place, with a lot of the diet food in that general area as well. He wasn't vegetarian and had trouble isolating the diet food. He cruised past the magazine rack, grabbing one of the diet magazines. He flipped through it when he noticed an article called, Is Your Diet Making You Crabby? He decided to buy the magazine. He remembered Faustine saying something about having gotten a subscription. Anyway, it would give him something to talk about with her at the next meeting. Maybe the magazine would expose fat-free cheese for the mood-altering drug he suspected it to be. He stopped away as long as he was in the store. Never hurts to get a second opinion. He weighed a little higher on the store's scales than he did on his scales at home. But then he also weighed heavier at the diet meetings. No real change. Nothing to it. He managed to lose 15 pounds in the first month without trying. All he did was stop eating out and start running again. The machine automatically took his blood pressure when he weighed. Maybe he should have waited a little longer after his fight with Faustine to find out what his blood pressure was. He didn't realize it could shoot that high that quickly, especially since he had lost the extra weight. Maybe the extra weight was holding my blood pressure in? In any event, he figured he should cool down before driving the rest of the way home. No sense hitting a stop sign. Getting a cart, he started towards the cafe area to sit for a minute and read the magazine. On the way, he crashed into a soda display at the end of the aisle. He sat and looked at the display for a minute before putting the boxes back together. There was too much racing in his mind all at once. Then he saw an older man he knew in line at the cafe for coffee. It was his father. If the point was to calm down before going home, Sebastian needed to avoid him. Sebastian sat in the cafe area of the supermarket, looking at the diet soda and magazine that he had bought. His cart, which had recently been drinking its own diet soda due to the run-in with the aisle display, was sitting there beside him like a fateful horse in the Old West. He didn't know how long to wait before checking his blood pressure a second time. In the meantime, he would finish looking at his magazine. The article about diet-induced crabbiness discussed diet-induced fatigue. Apparently, skipping meals was not the way to go. Unfortunately, fat-free cheese was not covered at any length. Suddenly, a man stood over him. Sebastian looked up to see his father. Mind if I sit down? No. Startled, Sebastian pushed his cart away from the table. Go ahead. Sebastian tried to hide the diet magazine in the cart, since he anticipated talking with his dad for several minutes. Sebastian didn't want his father to ask questions about it. However, his father carried coffee, so he steadied himself against the cart to sit down. Then he saw it. You're reading women's magazines? His father sat down with his coffee across from Sebastian. Yeah, Sebastian took a second to decide how much to tell him. Faustine is on a diet, and I've been going to the diet classes with her. Have you been on a diet long? It's only been a month or so since I've seen you. His father squinted and leaned forward to look more closely at him. You look thinner in the face. Sebastian sat there for a minute, not knowing what to say. Do you think fat-free cheese makes people angry? At first, his father was going to decline to comment, but he saw a look in his son's eye that he didn't like. I don't see how it could. Everybody sells it. It's bought all the time. Everyone eats it, at least sometimes, his father said. Yeah, but it could be like smoking and cancer where they let it go on for years, Sebastian said. 
Cancer takes decades to develop. Getting angry only takes a minute. Besides, people are more suspicious of diet food since saccharin was associated with cancer. His father could tell there was no convincing Sebastian. Why are you worried about fat-free cheese anyway? He placed his coffee on the table. I'm glad I got groceries. Then Sebastian's father started slowly turning the cup clockwise. I haven't heard of any research or any complaining about fat-free cheese. I always end up angry after I eat it, Sebastian said. How long have you been eating it? A couple of weeks? You would have to stay angry all the time then if something you ate caused it, his father said. Okay, even before I started the diet with Faustine, I picked up some fat-free cheese by accident. Then I started reading this band's website and they started pissing me off totally. It was a bunch of stuff that had to do with Manon. Sebastian tried to explain. Manon used to write for that band. Sebastian leaned forward and drank his diet soda. He forced himself to keep from automatically mimicking his father by not turning his plastic cup. He realized his father was not going to comprehend the full import of his anger about Manon. This was a little bit like talking to Faustine. Why suddenly no one cared was beyond him. Sebastian continued, Then after I started the diet, I went to this political rally and they had fat-free cheese there and I ended up pissed off for the rest of the evening. Then when I ended up buying a bunch of it for the diet, I was raving mad about Manon, the band, and Elodie. I was scared I was going to break something the way I was begging into stuff at the house. Sebastian concentrated on his father. That's when I realized it was probably the fat-free cheese that was making me upset. Sebastian opened the magazine, turned to the article, and pushed it in front of his father. So this article is supposed to be about how your diet might make you, quote, crabby, but all it ended up being about was how you shouldn't skip meals. Sebastian's father started looking at the magazine. He was wondering what the best way was to take it away from Sebastian. He had long since stopped trying to make sense out of everything Sebastian said. The best he could tell, Sebastian was doing a lot of stuff that would make anybody angry. But how to tell Sebastian that? He had already scapegoated the fat-free cheese. Honestly, I don't see how Elodie died of anorexia, Sebastian said. Every time I turn around, there's someone telling me that I don't have to skip meals to be on a diet. How can you ignore all that? Sebastian's father had no idea where to start. He flipped through the magazine. Surely his son knew that people believed whatever they wanted to believe. Who did you say used to write for this band? Manon, Sebastian said. Sebastian realized this was the first time he had told his father her name. The words felt weird. He really... He rarely said her name out loud. And neither of them are on diets, Sebastian's father attempted to untangle this web a strand at a time. He had no idea what band Sebastian was referring to. Talking about Manon to Faustine had tricked Sebastian's mind into thinking that he had been talking about Manon more than he had. Sebastian sat up a little straighter. Well, I've started getting Manon to come to our diet classes with us, Sebastian said. You and Faustine? Yeah, so me, Faustine, and Manon are all on a diet together, Sebastian said. You all need to lose weight? Sebastian's father wasn't buying it. He flipped through the magazine. Well, I'm at the weight I'm supposed to be at. Faustine hasn't started losing any weight yet, and I asked Manon to tag along so she could meet Faustine. I don't know if she'll lose any weight. You all go to this diet class, but none of you cares if you lose any weight. Sebastian's father wanted to make sure he understood the ground rules. Yeah, that's basically the size of it. Sebastian sat and looked at his dad. It sounded a little cold coming from a person outside their circle. Why did you start going to the weight loss classes then? Sebastian's father expected his son to find a reason to get up and leave. He was asking a direct question of someone used to keeping secrets. Oh, it was Faustine's idea to remember Elodie by. You remember an anorexic by going on a diet? Sebastian's father realized there was a little bit of a disconnect going on for his son, as well as his son's friends. He shoved the magazine towards Sebastian. 
Sebastian explained while fanning himself with the magazine. It didn't sound so weird when Faustine asked me. I put a wind harp, like this band had in their song, up in my backyard to remember Elodie. Faustine came over and asked me to go to the diet class. Then she saw the wind harp. No chance of her being anorexic, too. Not that I can see. She doesn't ever lose any weight. She only talks about being on a diet. I'm taking the diet magazine to your mother. Sebastian's father contemplated obtaining more information about this ban from Sebastian since the open spaces in his narrative made him seem ready to fill in the details now. Suddenly, he lost his nerve and avoided asking anything. Finding out what happened to his son would have to wait. Sebastian shuffled his feet and scowled when he lost his new magazine, but he couldn't argue. In theory, Sebastian could talk to Faustine about this article in the Diet magazine without having it open in front of him and reading from it directly. But he knew she wouldn't know which article he meant if he couldn't point to it. He could see her looking at him vacantly and smiling already. His father relaxed his grip on his coffee once he got the magazine away from Sebastian. It sounded like his son's friends were trying to start their own cult. Sebastian's father whiled away the next hour with him, going up and down the aisles, talking about what Sebastian could and couldn't eat. This should be similar to the diet they put diabetics on, Sebastian's father said. I don't think it's exactly the same, Sebastian said. I thought they had more fat-free stuff than this, his father said. He picked up a brick of reduced-fat mozzarella, then scoured the cheeses for fat-free ricotta. He found reduced fat, but not fat-free. I think there used to be, back when being fat-free was new, but I can't tell, Sebastian said. I wasn't paying that much attention. Besides, I don't think they do national surveys of how many Americans diet during the year, not in January. There's got to be a survey out there somewhere about it, but I don't think there are as many people on diets as there used to be. Sebastian's father helped him put his diet soda in his cart. I ran into the display earlier, Sebastian said. You ran into the cart into the display, Sebastian's father said. You can see where I hit it, Sebastian pointed to a crumpled edge on the display. It was right after I took my blood pressure. You should take it again tomorrow. I don't think it's accurate now, Sebastian's father said. I'm not taking it again tomorrow. After picking up a few more items, Sebastian waited at a checkout line. I'll wait till another time. It'll be fine. Sebastian looked over at his father, who had gotten into another line with a handbasket full of steak and chicken. I hope so, his father said. You know, I didn't get high blood pressure until I was about ten years older than you. He eyed Sebastian suspiciously from across the aisle. Ten years from now I'll be fine, don't worry, Sebastian said. His father didn't argue, but he didn't believe him either. Maybe you should go home and take it easy, his father said. You should go home and read or watch TV, maybe work in the backyard. I'm going to go grill. Sebastian finally made it home after the diet class and the ensuing grocery shopping expedition. Taking your groceries in from the car by yourself gives you too much time to think. Like why corporate America stopped making so much fat-free food. The first time Sebastian saw fat-free cheese, he was in high school. By the time he was in college, it was on every label. But tonight, he couldn't even find fat-free ricotta. As he was opening the fridge to put the eggs up, he heard Elodie's voice. I ate an entire dozen eggs in junior high. I found out that it took more calories to digest the eggs than they actually had, so if you ate them, you had to lose weight. My mom found out what I did and nearly killed me. Nearly everybody in her family had died of a heart attack. Doctors had only recently found out that eggs had enough cholesterol to kill you. He wanted to talk to Elodie, not listen to her memory ringing in his ears. Talking to Elodie was never going to happen again. That was the awful reality of time passing. Sebastian sat on the edge of the examination table. The doctor confirmed that his blood pressure was high. 
142 over 92. So you took your blood pressure at the supermarket and it was... Sebastian breathed in sharply. 145 over 93. Have you had any chest pains? Gas? Sharp pains in your arms? No, no sharp pains. None in my chest or arms. I haven't been having gas either. Sebastian realized how odd it was that he hadn't been having gas lately, given that he had been eating several times the usual amount of vegetables he normally did. Any feelings of heaviness in the chest or shortness of breath? The doctor could go on all day. No, Sebastian said. Okay, we need to have you wait a week and then come back in, the doctor said. It may be high today or you may be experiencing more stress than normal. Come back in next week to check it again? Yes, and in the meantime, you're going to want to get one of those home blood pressure machines. They sell them at the large supermarkets, or you can order one online. You want me to take it at home? How will I know the machine's accurate? Sebastian clung to this being a clerical error. Bring it in next week, and we can check it against ours here. You're also going to want to get an accurate scale. You know how much you weigh today, so you can use that as a guide. I've been on a diet. I think the scales I've been using at home are pretty accurate, Sebastian said. So you've been losing weight? Yeah, Sebastian cherry-picked his words. Did you have high blood pressure before you started losing weight? No, no abnormally high cholesterol readings either. I wasn't expecting this. I thought, if anything, it'd be lower, Sebastian said. He ground his teeth. He realized that he had already crossed his arms. Well, watch what you're eating this week for extra cholesterol and salt. Salt can sometimes increase blood pressure. Something in your diet may have changed when you lost weight, the doctor said. Keep track of the amount of sodium you eat and try to keep it below 1,500 milligrams. Sebastian sighed. One more thing to keep track of. And if it's still high next week, we'll do an EKG then. In the meantime, if you experience any of these symptoms, the doctor handed Sebastian a yellow sheet of paper. Go to the emergency room immediately. Sebastian looked down at the list of dire warnings. How can losing weight cause a heart attack? He remembered Elodie. Lots of ways. Salt, cholesterol, lack of potassium. Those are the common ones, the doctor said. I guess you have to be careful about losing weight. Sebastian thought he was telling a joke and chuckled. Yes, you do. The straight-faced doctor emanated motionless seriousness. Be careful on the way home, too. He left Sebastian with the nurse. Faustine settled in a booth at the restaurant beside her aunt. She would attempt to describe to her aunt what occurred with Sebastian. She would try. There was a very real chance that she would not be able to, since she did not know herself. Why does he think he gets to act like such an asshole? Maybe she should have let her aunt order her drink first. Well, at least now you know why you didn't know anything about him. He never talked to you because he didn't like you. That's why he never told you anything about himself, Faustine's aunt said. So he's acting like an asshole because he doesn't like me, Faustine said. Would seem that way to me. Faustine's aunt put down her purse and fished around for a napkin. Man, that's harsh, Faustine said. The waitress came by and took their order. I didn't know why you were making such a fuss about him to begin with. You were oblivious to these big, gaping holes in his story. I wasn't worried about him so much as I was worried that you didn't know enough to call him on it. Why would he try to be friends with me all these years if he didn't like me? What's the point? It's childish behavior, trying to be friends with everyone all the time. He didn't feel like cutting you loose, and you weren't putting any demands on him, Faustine's aunt said. Being nice to people is childish, Faustine cocked her head to the side, tossing her hair back. No, trying to keep them around you in case you might need them one day is childish, especially if you can't stand the person, Faustine's aunt said. The waitress strode quickly past as she put down their drinks. She continued moving beside the rest of the tables, but she kept glancing over her shoulder like she wanted to double back to their table. 
Once she got to the corner of the room behind the cash register, she hovered and took a long look back at them. They had gotten a little louder and more threatening than they had realized. I don't see how we could have been friends all these years if he couldn't stand me, Faustine pointlessly stirred her diet soda with her straw. She gazed at the bubbles like they were a hundred mysterious tiny crystal balls. I think you're being presumptuous. I don't think you were friends. He only told you what he wanted you to know, Faustine's aunt said. And I'm only going by what you told me. Is he or is he not being an asshole? Since lunch with her niece was a bit of a debacle, Faustine's aunt called her afterwards, which was an irregular move on her aunt's part. Faustine didn't expect to see her aunt again until Christmas. Anyway, Faustine relaxed since she didn't have to locate another source of information. There was no way she knew what to do next, plus her very evasive aunt must already understand her situation. Her aunt avoided all the right questions. She changed the topic at all the right times. She knew what food to order. She knew when to look away. Next time, Faustine was going to level with her and question her for all she was worth. I don't get why you say you're friends with this man. Faustine's aunt had taken on a harsh tone midway through the lunch. Although this was an attempt to redo the previous lunch, it was turning into a rerun of the same show. We've been friends for years. Faustine did not see this hardball coming when it hit her from right field. She had been trying to get her aunt to tell her if she had ever had any friends who were anorexic. In order to do so, she had started talking generally about her aunt's friends. Now she was stuck justifying her own friends' lives to a distant relative. Probably not the best situation to be in, especially since it can't be done. You don't know anything about him, her aunt insisted. Yes, I do. I know everything about him. I know all about his past. I remember how hard it was for him to get a job right out of college. You don't know half of what he does. You haven't told me anything at all about this person except that you think you know everything about him, her aunt said. What could I possibly not know about him? You know why you're friends with him. I get that. You know he's busy. He probably is. He tells you enough about what he's doing to keep you from wondering about him. Whatever it is is probably none of your business anyway, so there's no point in asking. What on earth do you think I'm supposed to be asking him about anyway? Who his other friends are? I honestly don't think he has any other friends that I don't know about. I wasn't always friends with all of his friends, but that doesn't mean that there's a bunch of people running around that I don't know about. I don't see why it wouldn't, Faustine's aunt said. The waitress returned and wrote down their order on her notepad. I'll buy that there could be a couple of acquaintances that I haven't met, but I know everyone important to him, and I'm sure I've met all of them at some point. There are 24 hours in a day, which is a lot of time in a busy person's life. I know people I would consider to be lazy who have thousands of friends. There's no way I could possibly know everyone that my friends know. It could be that we don't get out much, Faustine said. I doubt it. It's most likely that you don't talk too much. And honestly, why should you? Well, I think I'm friends with this person. If it turns out that I'm not, like you're saying, I think I should want to know about it. I'm not saying that you're not friends. I'm saying that you're not getting the whole picture of who he is. And the fact that you can't pick up on that is bothering me. I've never felt like he was hiding anything. I don't think he wants you to wonder about what he could be hiding from you. If you're close to him, you should be able to talk to him about Elodie's death. As it is, it doesn't seem like you're comfortable talking to him at all. What do you think I should ask him? Honestly, I don't think you should ask him anything. Don't make suppositions about him for a while and see what happens. Sure, not a problem. Faustine had stopped wondering why she didn't see her aunt more often. Faustine stared at her desktop computer screen. What she read led her mind back in time. 
Anyone want film festival tickets for tonight? Got sick at the last minute and can't go. Brownie face. Faustine knew that these weren't Elodie's last words. Her last words were something unknown uttered to a doctor or nurse before she passed out. It didn't sound like she was planning on dying. It didn't sound like she wasn't having a good time. A film festival is an enjoyable event. I wish I could have gone with her. Then she remembered that Elodie always seemed happiest when they were all watching movies together. Maybe she was less self-conscious in the dark? Maybe the movie took her mind off things? It wasn't a bad habit to have if you needed to forget. Drinking is worse, but drinking has calories. Faustine decided it would be easier to see who Elodie had been following first, then she wouldn't be blindsided by the posts themselves. She carefully, slowly clicked on the screen. She didn't want to see any more than a sliver of the screen, and she really didn't want to see that. Elodie had been following quite a few accounts, one of which was the movie theater. Faustine thought it was strange that she was also following the hospital where she died. Faustine didn't realize that the hospital made announcements on social media. That explained why Elodie never mentioned her social media account. It was how she kept up with the hospital's programs. The answers to her questions about Elodie's death had been hidden by Elodie herself, specifically concealed from Faustine. Managing to focus in on all the details at once, this post had no explanation. Faustine thought that it was a weird post coming from a dying woman. In retrospect, it seemed odd that someone that detail-oriented and that driven should wind up dead. There is no way that breakdancing ever makes it onto this list. Sebastian pointed at Faustine from several car lengths away in the church parking lot. Sebastian and Faustine had agreed to meet after a month's cooling down period. They decided to stop eating fat-free ricotta and to stop going to diet classes. Since they doubted they would be on speaking terms much longer regardless, they started working through the part of Faustine's bucket list that dealt with Sebastian. So far, they had had a mock engagement party at Foothills Foodie, although Faustine was reluctant to mention that typically engagement parties were thrown there. They had gone ice skating with a married couple who were friends with Sebastian, without him bothering to mention the additional couple he invited beforehand. After going ice skating with Sebastian's married friends, Faustine stopped doubting her aunt's suspicions. Manning was the referee. She wrote down everything that they both agreed to, keeping the official list herself. If there were any disagreements about what they had agreed to, or what the terms were, Manon made the final call. They alternated picking their adventures. All the reasons they were still clinging to each other, afraid to let go, were made concrete operational by this list of outings they still wanted. But at this moment, the only thing that was definitely on the list was the making of the list, and they couldn't accomplish that alone. Mercifully, Manon was there to help them. I have put several reasonable requests onto the list like you asked me to. I'm only doing this so that I won't have any regrets once it's over. People used to breakdance when we were kids. It could be our one exotic thing to do together before we never see each other again, Faustine said. I honestly think this is how people stay friends when they're kids. They absolutely know it isn't going to last. That may be the truth, but I'm not backing down from breakdancing. You asked what things I would always see ourselves doing together, and that was one of them, Faustine said. So that's supposed to be our extravagant dancing with celebrities moment, breakdancing? Sebastian planned to argue this one point the remainder of their meeting. You would never want to do anything romantic. I still want to go dancing. Breakdancing is a happy medium. It's fun. It's dancing. It's not romantic, Faustine said. It's going to get tabled, Manon said. You guys aren't going to be able to get through this all in one day. Manon read her notes. You've got stuff to do that you've agreed on. Meet again next month to hammer out the rest of it. As referee, Manning could call time on any public meeting. What? Sebastian challenged her. 
You heard me. I'm the ref. What I say goes, Manon said. We meet again next month and try to finish the list. Sebastian wasn't used to her drawing a hard line. Sure, why not? What are we doing first? We can either go to a local concert or we can go skydiving. Your choice, Faustine said. How about we go running so I can show you how I lost the weight? Sebastian jogged in place. You said first. Let's try to make this as enjoyable as possible or else it'll be one more thing that we regret, Faustine said. I'm unnerved by both the skydiving and the concert. Why was local specified anyway? Because I always saw us making a road trip together, Faustine said. There's no way we could be cooped up together in a car all day now. We both have to agree on this, right? Yes, pick it apart and there'll be nothing left, Faustine said. I can see you both going to a day spa without getting hurt, Manon said. Not on either of our lists, Manon, Sebastian glared at her. Yeah, but I can see it, Manon countered. Not seeing it, Sebastian shook his head at Manon. Manon watched them with awe. She memorized the details of their fight, especially since neither knew where their relationship was headed. If they got it to work, meaning if they made it halfway through their list, she would ask Waylon to try it. Taking time off my fight with the band to watch you two rip each other apart is primo. I need the change of pace. I spend too much time worrying about my own problems, Manon said. Happy to oblige, Sebastian said. Have you been fighting with the band or with Waylon? I'm simply trying to remind you that this, Manon gestured to the entire empty parking lot along with Faustine, is none of my business, Manon emphasized with a conspiratorial stage whisper. In the interest of time, Faustine opened her tote bag and handed Manon a piece of paper with the rest of her bucket list on it. Manon took the list and let Sebastian read it over her shoulder. Manon held it on the clipboard she brought with her. She had thought about asking Sebastian if he had a video recorder that she could use to tape the entire ordeal, since she didn't own a cell phone. How did you get through an engagement party? Manon didn't see how Sebastian could have ignored a tiered cake. Later, Manon, Sebastian said. Not hard. Faustine mouthed at her. I'm not doing that, that, or that. Sebastian pointed at various things on the list. Manon crossed them off. Okay, I'm done then. Should I leave and let him write down whatever he wants on the list? No, you have to stay and agree to it. Manon eyed Faustine warily. Water skiing, hiking, and there was something else? Give me a minute to think of it, Sebastian said. The entire meeting took less than 15 minutes. Sebastian took photos of the finalized list and emailed them to all three of them. Things go much faster when you have no expectations, 